this week, we are wrapping up our series on the greatest hits. We've looked at some of my favorite Bible stories, some of the most well-known stories in all of Scripture, and tonight we are wrapping it up with one that inspired a song that I'm sure many of us know. And it's a song about a wee little man, and it's the story of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was, as we know, a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and when Jesus came to his town, he climbed up in a tree because he could not, because he wanted to see Jesus. And I am not going to sing the song, but he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus looks into the tree, and he sees Zacchaeus up there. And in verse 5 of chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verse 5, we hear Jesus say, it says, When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. Why? I wonder why Jesus had to stay at the house of Zacchaeus. I mean, surely the, the crowd was so immense that there were people everywhere. Surely Jesus could have found somewhere to stay, yet he says, I have to stay at your house, Zacchaeus. There's a lot of people in Jericho, so many so that they had boxed out Zacchaeus, and he had to climb the tree. But Jesus is, looks up and says, I must stay at your house. This is not the I have to feeling of I'm obligated to, but I just have this deep desire. And as I, I read this, as I looked over this, I started wondering, my imagination starts running wild on why it is that Jesus would say, I must stay at your house to Zacchaeus. And I was reminded of Jesus as we look at Luke chapter 10, in verses 1 through 12. And this is, Jesus is sending out the 70, and it says, After this the Lord appointed 70 others, and he sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. So he sent them out, saying, This is where we're going to go. Go and, and prepare the place. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So they are called to go out and to prepare the places, to make sure that there that everything is okay and that the laborers are there. He said, therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs amidst the wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in him, who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. And whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Now I tell you, on that day, 
uh, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. So uh, I, I go back to this, hearing this story, and it's that idea of they're called to go out, and if they find a person of peace to remain in that house, to do the diligent work, to prepare the place for Jesus, that people will be ready, ready to receive Jesus when he comes, because it's kind of like Jesus is unpacking um, his world tour, and he says, this is where I'm going. Make sure that the venue is ready. And this, as this story unfolds, this is the first story um, that we see taking place in what is known as the travel narrative. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it is that moment when Jesus says, or when Jesus looks and says, I've turned my face to Jerusalem. He is, he is turned and he is ready to go to Jerusalem. He is, ready, he is preparing himself for his crucifixion. He is on his journey. He's, this is his travel narrative as he is going into Jerusalem. And people and biblical scholars say Luke 9:51 through Luke 19:10 is the travel narrative. It records the stories and the teachings of Jesus as he makes his way to Jerusalem. And this story of Zacchaeus that we just read, and Zacchaeus are in Luke 19, 1 through 10, is the final story of this entire section. It is the final story of the narrative. And now, as you hear that, and you've heard Jesus' command to those 70 that he sent out, I started to wonder if they're connected, if that he has sent these people out, and this is the end of the travel narrative. So, is this a place that the 70 went? And I don't think it's a stretch to say that it would probably be a place that the 70 had gone because it was part of Jesus' travel, it was part of Jesus' plan. And I would also start to venture and ask the question, is Zacchaeus one of those people of peace? Is he a person that welcomed them in, that fed them, that cared for them, that heard of the good news? And it makes sense when you look through the Gospel of Luke and you hear so often of Jesus in the role reversals that we see, whether it be the faith of the centurion, which would have been um, astronomical to those people, looking at the idea of a centurion having faith in Jesus that we see in Luke 7, or when he has the compassion on the widow that we see in Luke 7, 13, or the, when he reversed the tables on the rich man uh, and Lazarus. In Luke 16, all these things, you, I challenge you to go back and read. Those are, those are just to name a few where Jesus is continually flipping people's prejudices. Flipping people's preconceived notions, flipping their perceptions. And now here Jesus is entering into Jericho. And it raises the question, was Zacchaeus a person of peace? One thing that we can kind of receive as we hear the story played out is that there were perceptions about who Zacchaeus was. If you look through the whole story of Zacchaeus in that 19th chapter of Luke, that when he goes, to, when they go to Jesus, when Jesus and Zacchaeus go, the people are not upset, or, or people are upset. Because Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. They had 
they had made this perception, they had made this belief that he was a bad person, he was a sinner, he was, he was, that this couldn't be right. And when Jesus came to the place that said that he, as he went in there, he hurried down, is what Zacchaeus did, and he was happy to welcome Jesus in. And I think this is to say that those 70, that, Jesus, that Zacchaeus was ready. He had prepared for Jesus to arrive. So he hurried down and he was happy to welcome all, welcoming him. And all who saw it began to grumble. And he said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there. And that, so this is the, the people had already assumed that Zacchaeus was, was not worthy of this. And it raises the question, who is the Zacchaeus in our world? Who are those people in our lives, in our society, that we create an image of them and say, they aren't worthy? They're all, we already know what they're all about, and we're not willing to hear them out. The people that look different than us, that, that think different than us, that the people that vote different than us, whatever it may be, who is the Zacchaeus that we go, I, Jesus is not present there. Jesus is not welcomed, would not be welcomed there. But what we really need to dive into is the interpretation of Luke chapter 19, verse 8. If you're reading in the NRSV, it says, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I will pay back four times as much. And now that's the NRSV that gives it this kind of future tense that makes it, that reads as a repentant story of Zacchaeus. All right, I, I know what they what the 70 said when they came, Jesus, but now that you're here, I promise I'll do this. It's like Zacchaeus is so changed by the fact that Jesus noticed him that he vows to change his evil ways. He was a sinner and now he's going to be good. But if you look at the Greek translation, it reads as a present tense, or if you look at the English Standard Version even, it translates it a little more, in my opinion, accurately, where it says, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And this is making, this is Zacchaeus defending himself against the accusations of the town folks. It's like, God, uh, Jesus, I know that these people believe that I'm a bad person. I know that they have this perception of me, but this isn't who I am. He's trying to prove that he has been doing the right thing, that he is a person of peace, that as the 70 came and proclaimed the good news, that he has heard this and he has changed his ways already. So what if the story of Zacchaeus is not about an evil tax collector who repents in the presence of Jesus? What if it's a story of Jesus Finding the kingdom of God at work, even in the place where people say it can't be. Even God is working, even in the, even in the people that the world and society are going, they're not good enough. They're not acceptable. They do this, they do that. Jesus can't be there. Jesus is not present with people that act that way, that think that way, that believe this or that vote that way or whatever it may be that makes them different from us. Jesus can't be present with them. What if the story of Zacchaeus, the reason it's included in our scriptures, is because Jesus challenges prejudices. He challenges the prejudices of the townspeople who are convinced that, this, that no good can come from Zacchaeus, and he is challenging our prejudices, our preconceived notions, even now. 
Back when Jesus, as we heard at the beginning, sent out the 70, he, declared, he told them to declare to that town that the kingdom of God has come near to you. And why would they declare that? Because the peace, because peace had been exchanged in that house. And now here's Jesus sitting with a tax collector, the one that the town still says is not good enough. And he declares in verse 9, I believe, in verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus says salvation has come. And why does he proclaim that good news? Because Zacchaeus is a man of peace. He received the good news. He has been misunderstood. He has been pushed out. He has been marginalized from his community. He has been made, but he has been made whole in the community of God, in the kingdom of God once again. And in this revised interpretation of the story of Zacchaeus. If we receive it this way, what we begin to see is that God was already present in Jericho. He was already present in the life of Zacchaeus. And Jesus, when he enters into the town and discovers that this is where God is at work, when, he, when, when Jesus really sees him, he must stay in that house. And this is our job as the church, to go out and to see where it is that God is at work, to be active with God and to say, I want to be present with you. As we live out that call that we proclaim every week, that the best of all is indeed that God is with us. Amen and amen.